Hey starters, this is your favorite duo. This is Daniel and back at it again is with me, wifey. Hey. How you doing, babe? I'm alright. Good. Did you miss us last week? Yeah, since you recorded while I was at work. Yeah, man, I got your question, so I said I guess why not? Let's do it. Let's let's take care of it now. Uh which, you know, let's go ahead and get to it. There's a quite a lot to get uh to and around the NFL. So, with that being said, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? All right. Well, of course, we're going to start with Sunday night's primetime game because I really think that a lot of people put it past my Saints to they didn't think they were going to win. So, they may be a little upset this week. But, basically, New Orleans Saints uh, took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which... The Saints were six and two. Um, yeah, they were or they are now. They are now. They six are and now two. six and two, and the Buccaneers are now six and three. We had to put another L in their column. So, so in your opinion, other than just an amazing game all around, right? Uh, what in the world happened to Tom Brady in the Bucks? This is, uh, in my opinion, what's what has happened. Right? Um, they're feeling. Really, really good about themselves. They've gathered some wins. It's now the middle of the season. Uh, and they added Antonio Brown. So what that sounds like to me is, is a lot of confidence. Uh, because they've added another offensive weapon to their team. Essentially a Hall of Fame weapon into their team. Well, potentially Hall of Fame weapon into their team. And not only that, but you know they've had a pretty good defense. They have a good defensive coordinator. Obviously, that night was not their night, and I can tell you why. Throughout the, you know, course of the season, you've seen, we have seen Drew Brees throw dink and dong passes, 5, 10, no more than 20 yards. Uh, And this is not taken away from the fact that the Saints put a butt whoop into the Bucks because it was not even close. It was 38 to 3 at the end of the night. Watch yourself. Don't don't right. don't disrespect my breeze now. No, 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 no. I'm never going to do that. But I'm going to tell you what. Todd Bowles disrespected, you know, Drew Brees at that point because he was covering the offense with a soft zone. A soft zone means that you're going to give your receivers cushion, which means that you're going to allow or make Drew Brees throw more than 20 yards per pass. You want to you want to let him do that and run and run Alvin Kamara through the middle. And let Alvin Kramer, you know, grab yardage after the catch. Go ahead and be my guest. And this is what happened: thirty-eight to three. Not only that, but there was not enough. I want to say, um, what's the word? There's there wasn't enough protection for Tom Brady. You saw Tom Brady on the grounds more times than Tom Brady is used to being on the ground. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again: one way to beat Tom Brady is touch Tom Brady. If you make him uncomfortable, just like any other quarterback, he's going to start making mistakes. He's going to hang on to the ball a little bit more. I also noticed that a lot of times he was pushed into his own lineman. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, he tripped and he would fall, right? So those are just some things that I saw in that game that just didn't go in Tampa Bay's way. And obviously, hey, when sharks smell blood in the water, what do the sharks do? They eat. (laughs) They eat. They don't attack. They eat. They make sure they eat. And that's what happened with the Saints. Props to the Saints. I mean. Yes, great defense, great offense. Special teams, too. We did it. I mean, 
gotta say at least the buccaneers didn't have to travel just to make a field goal but you know at least they got on the board yeah and that's a very important win because it's not only the first time that the that the saints beat the the bucks this season is the second time and they're um they're division rivals so that's a sweep you know he's might have took out the broom and just sweep a little bit but it is what it is um hopefully excuse me hopefully the bucks you know, uh, coaching staff goes back home and, you know, does a little, uh, you know, studies film and what have you. And, you know, trust and believe the GOAT's going to go back too. And he's going to he's gonna talk to his staff as well, his, his supporting cast, and say, listen, guys, I need more support. I need a little bit more time. I need to be able to go ahead and find you and, you know, make sure that you're running the correct routes. And there was a lot of mistiming on those throws, a lot of overthrowing. Um, he did connect with Antonio Brown just for like 15, maybe 20 yards, but nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. It's just, it just was not a good game as opposed to, you know, Drew Brees was wheeling and dealing and the run game was there too. Latavius Murray was you know, a g- good, you know, um, addition to that team coming from Minnesota two seasons ago. So yeah, it was, it was a great win by the Saints in prime time, which, you know, everyone, every single analyst that was that was involved in the pre uh pregame show or whatever everybody picked the bucks everyone said bucks 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 and at the end of the day it backfired them in a major way again 38 to 3 uh the saints moved to 6 and 3 i believe 6 and 3 yeah so you know it's it's right there for them to take it it's it's right there all they gotta do is just tighten a few things here and there against that that's just saying against other teams but uh, Sunday night was, man, it was a whole different ballgame. Yeah. That probably put a lot more pride into the into the Saints. So, even I mean, even if they're not your team, I would say it's a team to now watch, uh, be ready for, and don't underestimate them, which is something that I feel like, just like you said, all the uh, commentators and everybody did. They, they underestimated the Saints, and they came out and proved that they are a team to be reckoned with. Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> so, moving on. Um, in Seattle's game, do you think that Russell Wilson is to blame for the loss? I mean, after all, he created two fumbles and two interceptions. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, yeah, he's to blame because at the end of the day, you don't give him a serviceable running back. Um, the running backs that he does have are just okay. They're not anything special. Um your their defense is less than stellar. I mean, hey, they I think they average giving up th- over three hundred yards in the air. That that's a defense, right? So, how do you expect your quarterback to do everything? It's kind of like with Dak at the beginning of the season. Do you expect your quarterback to drive down the field every single time that you know your team's in trouble? Your quarterback's only one man. At the end of the day, you have eleven versus eleven, and if your team's not performing correctly. It, and the real, the only reason that he fumbled is because he had to run for his life. The interceptions are because his receivers were less than stellar. So, no, I, I do not blame Russell Wilson. I think he should still be in the uh, in the uh, MVP conversation because he's never gotten a single vote in his whole career. This man has been playing for more than five years, and not one time has he gotten a single vote for MVP. So, no, I, I don't think he's to blame for, for the loss. Um, he did... Let's let's put it this way. He did contribute to it, but he was not just all on him. Okay. I mean, they still put up good numbers against uh, the Bills. It was 44-34. Right. 
Right. The only difference is that the Bills' defense was able to stop, you know, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, and the Seahawks were not able to stop the Bills' defense. I mean, unfortunately, Jamal Adams, I like Jamal Adams as a player, but he does a lot of jawing, a lot of talking, and when a superstar like Stephon Diggs got on him on Sunday, he did absolutely nothing. He impacted the game in no way, shape, or form. So, you know, may want to quiet down just a little bit so that way when it's time to, you know, play ball, you're focused on playing and not just talking. Okay. <clears throat> so moving right on along, um, we have the Ravens versus the Colts, which ended in a 24 to 10 win for the Ravens. Do you think that they finally found their, their winning recipe? Man, they always had the ingredient, which is Lamar Jackson. You just got to let Lamar Jackson do his thing. Lamar Jackson looked more comfortable. He looked le- he let he looked loose. He looked, you know, fresh. He looked like he was just a whole different quarterback from, you know, two games ago. Um, well, actually, last week when he played against the uh, the Steelers, which was a close game after all. But um, I got to give it to the Ravens. They were able to finally figure it out, and they were finally also committed to letting Lamar run. Uh, I'm assuming that one of the reasons that they don't want to let him run every other, you know, play is because that's your starting, <laughs> that's your starting quarterback. That's a reigning MVP. If he goes down, what's going to happen? I mean, who's his, you know, who's his backup, right? right? So it's kind of like the whole situation. You have to be able to protect the, the, the best asset that you have in this case being Lamar Jackson. Right, especially with so many people getting injured right now. Oh, yeah, left and right. All right, so, again, moving on along. Sorry, guys, if we're moving quickly, but we do have a lot to cover that we want to talk about tonight. So, man, the Panthers and the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Panthers to be now 3-6 and and the Chiefs to be 8-1, and they barely pulled that game off. What in the world happened? What's happened is that the the Panthers culture is starting to change. They're starting to believe in themselves. They got a new head coach uh, by the name of Matt Rule, who was previously at Temple and then came to Baylor here in Texas in Waco, Texas. And um, he was finally he he's finally able to kind of put things together and put a program together that's actually winning. And um, well, not that that they're ha- they're having a winning season, but. You know they're they're playing the world they're playing the, they played the world champs really really close and you have to give it to them they they have a great quarterback they have a stellar running back in Chris McCaffrey who unfortunately came back and uh, suffered a a shoulder injury and right now is on a day to day basis you know kind of recovery and he may be questionable for the next game uh, but yeah I mean the Chiefs just find ways to win uh sort of like the Steelers where if it comes really really close to you know the fourth quarter they just end up closing the game altogether. um but you know you got to give it to the Panthers this is a team that is going to be scary good with a good offseason and a good training camp they're going to be scary good next season so they I believe they are in the Tampa Bay Saints and Panthers division and I'm I'm forgetting the other team that's in there, but your Saints better watch out because yeah, Panthers are, they're for real, they're for real. 
Not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl champs and all this and all that. But I wish I could see my face right now. <laughs> but next year, next year, if they continue down this path, yeah, they're they're going to be something to be to be weary about. Just be. Well, supposedly so were the Bucks, and look what we did to them. So moving on. Right. Any given Sunday. All right. Battle in the desert. Go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah, so we have Tua versus Kyler Murray. Um, it all came down to a field goal. Uh, but at the the Battle of the Desert is pretty much both quarterbacks going head to head. At the end of the day, Tua, you know, ends out, wins out uh, that particular battle. Mm-hmm. Went 20 for 28, 248 yards. No interceptions. No interceptions, which is huge for a rookie. If you're a rookie, that's the first thing you, you kind of, have to get out your system, right? The interceptions. It's expected. Right. This time, nothing. Um, I believe he had two touchdowns. This cat is spreading the ball so well. He had two receivers with 60-plus yards and others with um, – and, like, four others with 15 yards or more, which means that he's, he's not just throwing it to one guy. He's throwing it to whoever's open, right? So – and not to give, not to take anything away from that defense, the Dolphins' defense, you know, came to play. And if you look at the Dolphins from last year to the Dolphins this year, Dolphins this year are five and three. Last year, I believe they were zero and six by this time around last year. So yeah, they he's well, not they, not only him, but the team has turned it around a lot, along with you know head coach Brian Flores. Um, it is unfortunately for unfortunate for Kyler to win or to lose, excuse me, at home. So, I mean, it is what it is. You have to either win, lose, or tie. No one likes to tie, so it's either a winner or a loser in this league. Right. And I believe Murray actually had uh, three touchdowns, and yes, Tua had two touchdowns that night. So. Yeah. Good, good game though overall. I mean, it was that was another very close game. So both of them came to play. One, of course, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. All right, so the Jets they go into Week Ten, which is their bye week, and they're winless. They haven't won anything. How bad is this team? It's um, it, it they're as bad as their record says, right? Um, zero and ten. They came close last night to winning it. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Patriots, their, their, their kicker was able to go ahead and, you know, give them that, uh, that winning field goal. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not sure if it's uh, the head coach, if it's the, I don't know what it is, but they are bad. Like to the core, they are bad. They have a running back that's like 75 years old, Frank Gore, who's been in the league for, I think more than 10 years. The average lifespan of a running back in the NFL is five. So they got rid of Le'Veon Bell, who was an amazing talent, but just did not fit, quote-unquote, did not fit the system, which I don't know what system that is. They don't run the ball well. They This is the first week that I've seen them throw the ball decently by Joe Flacco, who's a backup to Sam Darnold. Unfortunately, Sam Darnold seems to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, and they're just... They're bad. They're they're a bad team. They're zero and ten. I think right now, as it stands, the the first round draft, the first pick of the draft will go to them. The second one will go to the Jaguars, and the third one will go to the Cowboys. But you know, you talked about before that you thought that the Jets were going to try to tank it to to get that first round draft pick. 
Do you still feel that way? Although they, I mean, they fought hard in this last game. Yeah. I mean, Flacco, although you said, isn't that who you said is basically ancient? He threw for three touchdowns. Yeah. And Cam Newton, I mean, as great as, as Newton is, he didn't throw for any touchdowns last night. So, no, he, really, quarterback to quarterback, if you just look at those stats, Flacco actually took on Newton pretty well. But, I mean, of course, they still lost the game. So, in other words, back to my main question, which was, you know, it looks like they're trying to turn it around. You know, they had a really close game. Are you? Do you still think that they just want to taint to be able to get that first-round draft pick? Or do you think they're actually trying to, like, rebuild, which we've talked about before, to try to do something this season? It's it's very possible that they may try to tank. Um, but to be completely honest with you, I don't believe that players and coaches tank. I believe organizations tank. Mm, okay. um, the reason being is because, let's say you're in this 0-10 team, right? But you're an amazing you know, free safety or you're an amazing uh, offensive lineman. What you what product you you are your brand. So whatever kind of game you are having out on the field is the type of potential extension that you may get or potential other contract that another team may be able to provide you. And at that point in time you may land in a winning team, right? There's that side. Then there's the other side where you have your good talented players and players that are just there for the paycheck right that have been in the nfl for about five plus years now seven plus years now and all they want now is just to come you know come to the stadium play you know suit up go out on the field play the game we won great we lost great either way i'm getting paid whatever way that goes right and then there's others that just want to be the greatest of all time at whatever position that it is whether it be a lineman running back linebacker whatever right and so I believe it's a combination of both, and unfortunately, the head coach hasn't been able to find a way to cater to the players in in a way that the game comes easy to them. Everything seems to be a struggle for the Jets, even with bad teams. So, okay. So I have a question before we talk about the the Steelers and the Cowboys, which was also. A pretty decently close game. I mean, they ended with 24 to 19, but this past Sunday we saw a lot of games that were close calls. I mean, that were, you know, field goal difference between winning and losing. Um, so, I mean, do you think that at this point we're looking at teams getting tired because they didn't have a preseason and they didn't have all the workout they usually do? Or do you think that teams are truly getting they're just getting in the groove of things and they're playing up to their actual potential and that's why we're seeing close calls i think it this it's just, it's just the latter um teams getting into the groove and finding a rhythm finding an identity as well realizing oh shoot we are now in week 10 week 9 week 10 whatever the case may be we need to start stacking wins like i said last episode right this is a time when you need to find out who you are, what system you're going to run, and how you're going to do it, right? At, you know, in which quarter. And unfortunately, you know, there wasn't any preseason. But look at the Chiefs. They haven't lost a step. The Steelers, they're, they're, they haven't lost a step. The, the Dolphins, that were horrible last season, they haven't lost a step. So if you're 0-10, you're, you know, 2-6, and 6, what's your excuse? 
I mean, well, we also have a lot of new players coming into the game that you're not necessarily used to playing with because of injuries. I mean, there's a lot to think about that year. You can't just say, oh, well, they've been doing this or they've been doing that. I think when you look at it like that, you have to take everything into account. Leading into, good good transition there, leading into your Cowboys and how they they lost again. They're um, 24 to 19. But, I mean, the, overall, they looked much much better this week, um, even with their third third string quarterback. Now, just a disclosure to all our fans out there. I do not like Big Ben's last name. I don't know why. <laughs> it just irritates my Arts ears. her soul. So we will not be saying the last name in this podcast. Is that okay? That's okay. okay. Number seven for the Steelers. Yeah, we can call Big him Big ben. ben. I don't mind Big Benny. Ben. Just don't do it to me, honey, okay? Benny from the block. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Get into your game. Talk about how the Steelers took it away from the Cowboys. So, man, it, like you said, yeah, good good one right there. Um, they, Yeah, they did take it away. And um, they took my soul away as well. Why? They well, play, Cowboys play good. I feel like they can only take your soul if you were expecting something more. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll re-rest. The Cardinals took my soul. Okay. Yes, that was horrible. That was bad. Okay. Um, because we did nothing. Just like the other however many games we played. But the against the Steelers, we were able to stop the run. We were able to get to the quarterback. I mean, defense was great. Offense was clicking. You know, um, Garrett Gilbert, he played um, American and... American arena, American football. I, I don't know, but he played some type of arena football and he was the MVP. So he, we knew he was, he had some type of talent. Potential. He wouldn't know. Yeah. He wouldn't know scrub. Right. right. Uh, but when he got on the field and he started wheeling and dealing, I mean, I was just like, okay, is this going to be the quarterback? Is this going to be the guy? Even if Andy Dalton comes back, that was, I was already thinking ahead. I wasn't, necessarily in that particular setting of of the the game because I just knew okay we're gonna get ran over by the Steelers and whatever but I saw him making plays and that you just kind of felt the momentum shift towards the Cowboys even though you know they 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 uh they kicked the field goal and then the touchdown and then another field goal and then another field goal and the defense was just like I said making stops but so defense wasn't garbage like you say they are 90% right. of the time. Because now they, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because it's the Steelers and we're playing at home that just kind of gave them that extra juice. Or maybe the coaches did something. Remember, I mean, not too long ago we had to have that conversation about the defense talking about, you know, coaches weren't teaching them anything new. Maybe they've, they've had one of those, you know, come, come to, to Jesus, Jesus meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, maybe there's finally some type of unity there. Who knows? But, I mean... When you talk about, um, what's his name, Gilbert? Yeah. Your third stringer. Now, you're fourth string. He's fourth string. Yeah, because it was Dak, Andy Dalton, and then Danucci, the sidearm thrower, and now this guy. So, we've been through four quarterbacks in the last nine okay. weeks. So, as far as when Dak comes back, you do assume that Dak will still be our starter, correct? 
Hundred percent. Okay, so who's going to be his backup? That's a good question. Um, I think we have to make an assessment, right? It's all about okay. This season's gone. This season just. It was a practice season for y'all. Yeah, it was more like let's find out what happens when we don't have a starting quarterback kind of season, right? right. Which is complete and total chaos. Um, Not just your starter, but you don't have your second. You don't have you don't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything, but <laughs> we. Uh, I feel that Dak is going to get that contract. He's going to get a contract. Maybe not the one he wants, but he will still get the contract. And he will still sign it because do you want to test the market now that you're hurt? You're right. You're an injured player. But I also think that the Cowboys will realize even more so how important he is to the team. Yeah. That window is closing. Right. The window is closing for, to make a run, to, to do anything. Windows getting shut pretty fast, um, but yeah, no, it's it's been it's going to be some trying weeks this next few weeks. Um, you still never answer my question though. I don't want to go back to trying weeks. Who is going to be Dak's backup out of the out of the three people you named? Uh, Danucci, uh, uh, Gilbert, and Dalton. Dalton. Mm-hmm. No, I already said Dalton, didn't I? Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. Gannucci, and Gilbert. Yeah, okay, my right. Bad. So, if Gilbert continues playing, continues playing like he did on Sunday, it's going to be Gilbert. Mm. It's going to be Gilbert. It's going to go from fourth to second. Yeah, like they're that. Finally, get to see him. Okay, like that. Well, you got to remember, Dak went from third to first. No. Huh? Tony Romo went down. Then Kellmore went down. Then dun dun dun. dun here comes Dak to save the day. And he so, did it. And he did it. And he's still doing it. Well. Not right now. Not right now. But he'll right be now. back to it. He'll <laughs> be back to it. All right. Is that all you have to say about the Cowboys or anything else before we go to our just real, of the week? Right. Just real quick. Uh, unfortunately, we have a, a, a injury. Pretty impactful injury with um, Tavon Diggs. Tavon Diggs is, is hurt. It looks like he has a fracture foot. At this point, so he's going to be out probably for the season. I mean, four to six weeks—that's that's the season right there. And and he's a rookie, so why would you injure? Why would you throw him out there again just to reaggravate the situation? You might as well just leave him out on the on the sideline, you know, or at home in this case because of COVID protocols. Which, by the way, the NFL is getting a lot tighter on on um, those protocols. The Raiders were, I believe, they were they were. Fine two hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow. for not following COVID protocols. The head coach John Gruden one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for also not wearing a mask on a consistent basis. Mm. Um, you know they get they get hot they get passionate they take their mask off and they start yelling at the refs or they start yelling at the players yeah. or whomever and then they don't put them back on or exactly say you yeah. So it's it's just kind of like uh, I completely went sideways. I was meaning to go. Into the whole injury situation, then we got into COVID. But yeah, so that guy is going to be out. Chido Awuzie has been reactivated from uh, injury reserve, so he's probably going to take his place. And last but not least, for three, there are no moral victories for sure. But what I saw from the Cowboys gives me a ray of hope for the future, <laughs> not for the season, for the future. 
don't know. Then y'all have, I mean, y'all have a bye week this week. Right. But then y'all have a game on Sunday, the 22nd. And then you play again on Thursday on Thanksgiving, of course, always. I just feel like they're going to, I mean, they have a week to recoup and get their stuff together. But then y'all play two back-to-back games. I'm afraid that that Thursday Thanksgiving game is just going to be depressing for y'all. Like, at least you'll have a lot of food in your face to make right. you happy. But I just feel like they're not going to come to play. Like, I, I have a feeling that they'll come to play on Sunday. Right. But then, uh, next Sunday, the 22nd. But then, and so that will get everybody hyped up. And you'll see Cowboys Nation, Cowboys this, Cowboys that. And then Thursday, they're going to tank. That's just how I feel. I'm not a Cowboys fan. You know, clearly I can tell that. So, don't take my word for it or, you know... Take no heed in what I'm saying. That's just my prediction. Yeah, short weeks are always difficult because, I mean, it's a short week. You just went through a freaking, uh, 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 essentially every football game is a a, a bus wreck that you're, that you're in. Right. Um, so you have to kind of find ways to recover quicker, whether it's ice, ice baths every day or, you know, physical therapy, whatever the case may be. But, you know, at the end of the day, hey, you're getting paid, so get your butt out there and perform. To okay. the best of your ability, so... Okay. Well, we're gonna... We have two more things that we want to go through, and unlike normal, I'm actually gonna give you the option. We can either go through um, Week 10's Pick'em, which is something new we haven't done, or at least I haven't done it on a podcast with you, where we go through the next week's games, and you tell us um, what your pick is for the game, who you think's gonna win, or we can go ahead and talk about this new thing that just was released for the NFL um, in regards to the head coaches topic. Which one do you want to go with first or which one do you want to end with? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about the whole NFL proposal. All right. Um, so I'm going to give it in a nutshell. I believe um, you can make any corrections that you need to while I state it. But basically, from what I'm understanding here is that the NFL is now going to be rewarding teams with third, fourth, round draft picks for um, basically teaching and developing minority coaches. So that means African-American, black, you know, however you want to say it, Asian. I'm going to assume even women in the NFL since, you know, we have a woman now in the NFL. So more possibly seeing more women. But any minority type of coach you will now, if you start training them, developing them, put them on your roster for team for coaches, you're now going to be um, rewarded with draft picks for this. And I mean, we we not that we disagree on on how we feel about this because we don't necessarily disagree. But I always look at things differently than my husband. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you say you know, your overall thought on that re- reward system. Yeah, so, of course, you and I are parents, right? Of course. Um, to multicultural children, should right. we say. <laughs> <laughs> They're all kind of mixed up there. Everything is in there. But what I'm saying is, you know, why would I reward my child for brushing their teeth? It's something that they should be doing on a nightly basis. Right, but let me stop you right there. And I mean, we're not going to get into an argument on the podcast, but I will say to to that point right there, when our children or you see something is constantly not happening, it's like that reverse psychology thing. 
where it's not happening. It should be happening, but something's not connecting there. So what you do with the child mm -hmm. and what they're doing with the NFL is saying, hey, this should be already happening. It's not happening. So let me reward you. And then, hey, our children start, you know, brushing their teeth. Then we have to move on to the next issue, which who knows? It could be now get more women in there, you know, because they didn't make it in that minority grouping. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that point in there. No, and, and it's fine. Uh, please, you know, if you need to make a point, let me know. But yeah, it's just that's how I see it. Right. And the, the, I think what irritates me the most is the fact that it's been years. Right. To get to this point. Right. And it took the whole. Let me let me stop because it's not the whole. The Kaepernick movement and the kneeling and the anthem protests and things of that nature to come to this. Right. I mean, unfortunately, Roger Goodell has not issued a public apology to Colin Kaepernick. And if he did, I must have missed it. But we're still talking about social issues. Right. That it has nothing to do with, with, with politics at all. Social issues and politics are... They go hand in hand, but in this case, it's, it's completely different. Because minorities have been in our lives forever. And they dominate the fields right now. Exactly. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, they are minorities in your leagues. So why do I have to incentivize you with draft picks in order for you to react to what kind of movement we're, we're trying to make? Absolutely kudos to the NFL for finding a way to do it. But shame on the owners and the general managers for that lack of confidence and that lack of faith in minorities. You have to understand, a lot of football players, if not 70 to 80% of football players, are of African American ethnicity. Right. AKA black. Right. right. Do you expect Jason, someone like Jason Garrett, who went to Stanford, that lived a privileged life, to be able to connect with someone that is, is like Lamar Jackson, comes from, quote-unquote, the hood, comes from a life of struggle, a life of having to, you know, sometimes not knowing what to eat or what's going to be for dinner. Do you seriously expect that man to be able to connect to that young man? That's one of the questions that I ask myself. No, I don't. I don't expect them to connect because th this guy is up here or thinks he's up here. And Lamar Jackson may feel, by the way that this other man is talking to him, may feel down here. Possibly. I mean, I, I get that point that you, that you made. But I think when you're talking about sports... It's not. It doesn't really matter what their background is because I feel that when you get on the field, everybody has a level playing field. When you're talking football, it doesn't matter who went where. It's it's all about that. But I will say that though, that you're more likely to get that head coach position because of the schooling that you went to. And and you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, people know people. When you get higher up there, you want you want to say that there's no politics in it. But sometimes it, it plays a role, not necessarily politics, but, you know, the way that they network network with each other and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, here and there, I think the one thing that concerns me 
on the derogatory side of it. And it's one thing that I've heard throughout my life, um, being biracial myself, or, you know, I just, and, and I, it makes my ears cringe to think about my kids hearing it or anything like that, is to hear, well, they got it because they're this color, or they got their, well, they only got that job over so-and-so because they're black, or because they're Asian, or because they're Hispanic, or because they're Hawaiian, whatever, and it's just like, that's the one thing that I don't want to hear, and I guarantee you, somebody's gonna say it, oh, whether it's in a tweet, whether it's in private, and they think nobody's gonna, you know, say something, the news? it's gonna come out, and then it's going to be, you know, it's it could possibly turn into another movement, so, there's our take on it. Um, I would love to know what y'all have to say about it. I know that my husband puts this on his Twitter feed. Please respond. Let us know um, where you stand on, on these type of issues. All right. We got our, well, as you have titled it, pick them. Let's do it. Let's pick them. Pick them for week 10. Um, of course, I'm going to start with the 49ers and the Saints. Who that? Of course, who that don't get it. Okay, um, so in other words, we we take the Saints over the 49ers this Sunday. And then let's go into the Titans versus the Colts. Oh, man. I got to I gotta give it to the Colts. Okay. Ravens and the Patriots. Ravens. Browns and Texans. Texans. Okay. Washington and Lions. Dang it. Uh, that one's close. Close ineptitude. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. Okay. Jaguars and Packers. <laughs> go Pack, go. Okay. <laughs> Eagles and Giants. Ugh. Dumpster fire. Um, I'll take the Giants. I'll take the Giants. Sure yeah. about that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bucks and Panthers. Bucks. <laughs> They're going to come with revenge. They're going to be upset. <laughs> Tom Brady's going to throw for five. <laughs> Broncos and Raiders. Raiders. Chargers and Dolphins. Oh, man, Dolphins. Bills and Cardinals. <gasps> Ooh, that's a good one. My goodness. Where do I go with that one? Um, I, I like will the voice take... change. <laughs> I will take the Bills. Let's not do it anymore, though. Let's not do it anymore. Seahawks and Rams. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. No Rams. No Rams. Okay. Yeah. The Bengals and Steelers. I'm giving it to the Bengals. Give the Steelers their first loss. Give it to them. Give it to them. Give it to them. Is that what what you're hoping for? Is that what you really think is going to happen? That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for because you got to understand, Ben, uh, Big Ben came. Ah, you were about to say. <laughs> I was gonna say the name that shall not be named, but uh, Big Ben came hurt, came out hurt out of that game. Not only that, he is in COVID protocols right now because he came in close proximity to his tight end who tested positive for COVID nineteen. Ah, okay. So okay. if they start their backup, we all don't know what's gonna happen. And you got the stud Joey B for the Bengals. You know he came from LSU, so you know he can wheel and deal a little bit here and there. Okay. All right. Vikings and Bears. Vikings. Give me the give me the guy. Give me the Vikings. Yeah. Are you about to cuss? You don't know that. Okay. 
It's a good guess. It's a good guess. I, I like that you guessed that. All right, Vikings and Bears, and you got the Vikings. Well, that is it since the Cowboys have a bye week. Um, Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. I enjoyed being able to be here this week. Yeah, we enjoyed having you. Don't leave us anymore. Do I have to start paying you now? You might. You might have to do that or just not record while I'm at work, you know. I teach. My my students need me. They don't need you. We need you. (laughs) Goodbye. I can't promise you a 401k. Bye.